Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Monday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is August 9th. Andy, how we doing? Brendan, I'm doing awesome. What a, what a weekend of golf. There was just stuff happening left and right. People getting fooled by the Fairmont St. Andrews. <laughs> You're so... Such vindication just, for you. I was so annoyed that that came to light in the middle, of the heart of two PGA Tour broadcasts, like... Ah, oh, like it just gotta be like a pig and shit that that came up. It came. It was like it was like BFB somehow miraculously played his way into middle contention after we've been on that for a year, multiple years. Then a week later, we've got you know Jim Nance saying the 150th Open's going back there next year and all this. Uh, what a place! What a place to win your first PGA Tour event, St. Andrews, or first European Tour event, St. Andrews. Yeah, yeah. Well, a better place to win it. The, the, the Fairmont, it, the Fairmont St. Andrews, <laughs> the Torrance as course. As soon as they said it, I was just died laughing. Ah, uh, gave you a meatball over the middle. Hey, all for right. all the for all the Europeans that were in my ass last year talking oh, yeah. about how how this nobody would ever do this. There you go. Two two yeah. golf media pros duped by. The Fairmont. Now, you think just some regular Joe from middle of America wouldn't get duped by the same thing? We did have one European co- correspondent over there who's like kind of familiar with the whole scene. Say, like, people do always end up like booking or shipping clubs or always to the wrong place or, or ended up with their, like it happens quite frequently. Someone on the ground over there. All right. Um, I didn't expect to start there after such a full weekend of golf. It was a great weekend. That's the way this podcast operates. Um, I think Memphis is the hot topic du jour as we record here Sunday night, but let's do Olympics. I think that was the most monumental event. Um, we're now, shit, almost 48 hours removed from it, but let's get it. Let's get to it real quick. Uh, not quick, but let, let's, let's distill it down. We had Nellie Corda going, uh, Bring home the gold on the women's side, so the Team USA goes for the double. I mean, I don't know. Did we find a mixed? Do we have a mixed leaderboard? Yeah, you, there's I a assume, mix. presume. I think the, US I mean, won. But if you obviously if any Xander Nelly combo would win, <laughs> I think I, I can yeah. do that math. But I don't know if they split them up. You know, assume. I think Japan would have been in second if you did the Hideki Amana okay. uh, uh, combo. Okay, okay. So Nelly Korda wins gold. Monet Inami. Wins silver for uh, Japan and Lydia Ko Inami. wins bronze, Anami for New Zealand. So, uh, middle of the night, got a poorly timed, uh, really really exciting. I mean, it was unbelievable. It was nip and tuck. You know, I had Aditi and Aditi Ko and Nelly were all tied at first. Then you have Anami. Uh, coming, you know, surging from the outside, surging, I guess you could say, which was sort of a, a an added, I, I don't know, it was a nice wrinkle to the course. I know the course was not what a lot of people hoped, but at least allowed for some late charges, a lot of movement, seven way ties for bronze and whatnot on the men's side. But uh, yeah, you you could come from the outside there over the last three to four holes, and that's I what she did. I think the thing that it silver. had. It had gettable and tough holes down the stretch, okay. which I think is a really good recipe for a closing stretch because, you know, like you, when you get those gettable holes, it exposes people that are just kind of hanging on for pars. And then you have the tough holes where you got to hit, like 18 was a perfect example of a tough hole. Like you had to hit the fairway there or else it was going to be really, really hard. Um, and you had to hit two good shots. Yeah, no, it was. It, did you stay up for the rain delay? No bullshit. Yeah. Did you stay up? Yeah, okay. yeah, I did. I, I, you know, it's funny as I like, 
I actually fell asleep like right when the rain delay uh, hit, and I came, I woke back up. I, it was great. It was delightful. I have to cop to falling asleep. I, I, I was yeah, hanging I, on for dear life. You know, it was a it, you know enjoyable Friday night in the neighborhood. Maybe a journeyman or two, journeyman or two. Uh, and you know, I was I was I was riveted. It was awesome. And then the horn blew, and it was just like took the wind out of your sails. And before like I saw the announcement that it was be back, but it wasn't that long. I was Mm-mm. I was out. I woke up and watched the replay with my daughter Nell, who was all into Nelly. She loves it. It was cool. So I, I enjoyed watching the finish in the morning. But I did I did not make it through the rain delay. I have to or, or the horn delay, I should say. So. It was such an interesting round from like in the totality because obviously you had Nelly come out kind of shaky and Lydia yes. Ko was just like going gangbusters and then. Lydia Ko makes some mistakes, and you think she's kind of out of it. You think Nelly has the control again. And Aditi was kind of just there the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, you never felt was... great about Aditi, but she was yeah. just... I mean, I feel so bad that she didn't get a medal. Like, that's the thing yeah, that sucks. Yeah, I do too. It's like I... one of the best finishes of her career, and yet you feel bad for her because, like, she didn't didn't get one of the three spots. Um you know, and uh, and she, it, it it just had that flow, and then out of nowhere comes Inami, like just surging up the leaderboard in the back, because like she kind of was puttering and billowing on the front nine, you know. <laughs> sure. And then she just came came on like crazy, and then you also had like I mean Patterson was in it too, before yeah. she kind of took herself out of it, little little implosion there down the stretch, but what a, what a tournament. Um, I think just in general, the two weeks of Olympic golf was splendid, fantastic. Nelly Korda, what a what a superstar we have that has come on in the last, you know, eight months when it seemed like we weren't sure what was going on with American golf. Like you know, as of a mm-hmm. year ago, we were like, oh, you know, American golf, like American women's golf, really needs to step up. And now here we have without question, the number one player in the world, and, and we could be watching the beginning of a superstar. I will say on the Aditi front, like, yeah, she doesn't go home with a medal there. That's not in the record books. She clearly, like, made a dent, made an impact. The president of India is tweeting about it. He's got, like, you know, 20 million followers. Uh, I had, like, Indian-American friends back home clearly were, like, staying up and, like, super into her. I had, you know, Indian-American tweeted at me, like, saying this. I've never cared more about a third-place finish. Um, she definitely, like, made an impact, made a dent. Obviously, a medal would have been more of a, a, a greater further consolation, but I, I, I she made an impression this week. Uh, I think another impression that I took away from it was just seeing Lydia Ko, who's kind of done everything in this game, just about, you know, been everywhere and done everything, certainly meddled already, uh, sort of in tears, can barely get through speaking after her round about what it meant to get that bronze medal, given sort of the personal tragedy, a family tragedy with with her grandmother and, and winning for her grandmother uh, in re- recent weeks and months. Uh, I, I just don't know, like, she finishes third at the ANA. I don't know if you get that. Now, it's, a lot of it's just personal to her situation as opposed to, like, the moment, momentum or, or the moment of winning an Olympics. Like, it, it kind of goes part and parcel. But also even Inami, obviously, at home as well. She was emotional. And what that silver meant for Japan, I think it meant something like Japan joined maybe China and Russia as winning like a medal every single day of the Olympics. Like it, like it, it actually, it also had like some, I sort think of they were third the in medal count. Uh, maybe that may be. Uh, so, so it also added a little bit to the greater Olympic committee, Japan Olympic Federation. So uh, seeing those two, you just don't get that for a second and third at, at an ANA or, a, you know, whatever major it may be. So, so that left me an impression on me as well. Again, the Olympics, not a major, just separate. It's just something different. Totally, totally unique in its own box. I don't know that it means more than a major. I don't know that they want you know a medal more than they want a major on there. It's just completely unique enterprise that I think has, has found a found a little bit of a lane here. Before talking about the Olympics on a greater level, um, uh, the other thing that I really loved about Co 
was just how gracious and supportive and seemingly like such a good, like just like somebody that you'd want to play a final round with from the sense of like how friendly she was and like how like gracious she was in losing. Like she, she, like she won the bronze, right? But at the same time, she was a shot out of gold and she was just so supportive of Nelly Corda. Like there's so many people that would be bad sports in that situation. And like, I couldn't imagine coming that close to a gold medal and, and feeling that like in, in being so like, I might be a little bit of a bad sport. Like like she just seems like a great person in general. She seems universally liked by all her peers too. Um, and, And, Let's be honest, she's probably like been through some yes. family pressures, right? That that could have her pretty screwed up and bratty or, or petulant or or not the nicest person. Um and she somehow come out of that as being like I and that just wasn't the Olympics. I remember it at A and A, you know, when she went low and but Patty was kind of running away with it. Like she's really, really just like the consummate of you know, not to go overdo it. She's she observing on the TV and from afar. She seems to be the complete, like consummate, gracious professional uh, yes. right now. Um, one other thing while we're here saying nice things about everybody and everything. Like I got to credit the organizers for the time schedule and moving it up and not balking. And, and like they did what they could with a hard stop, not being able to go Sunday after eight o'clock um, they got it in. They got it done. They went out early. They played in threes. They played off tens. You know, people started bitching and moaning about it. It feels like more often than not, organizers of all these tournaments, whether it's tour, USGA, whatever it is, like do get these right. It's the times that they don't move it up or they, you know, that Ian Poulter tweets about it or we sit and scream at him about it. Like they are really good at what they do and they got it in, they got it done in time. And like, Hey, uh, you know, just a mild hat tip that they got it done. Cause we were shouting a little bit on that, uh, on the Friday episode. Like why, why did they do it this way? But it, but it worked out. They, they, they dodged mother nature. Um, and they got it done. So credit to them. Yeah. And else? I, and selfishly moving it up, made it a little bit easier for, for me to watch. <laughs> The entire time. So, you know, it might have made other parts of the world more difficult to watch, you know, Um, and just in general, getting the event in. I I think, like, you know, I think I'm going to expand further and maybe a blog post. I might might write something tomorrow. But I think think one of the things that um, I think about is, like, with the Olympics, like, what you touched on, it's not, not a major, but it clearly has... Uh, a greater significance than almost any other tournament that we see these players play um both men's and and women's like i think the men's turn like the people that play in it are are really into it and then when you're in the thick of it they there's a greater thing like everybody watches the olympics growing up and they think about well golf doesn't have a history in the olympics you can't buy history and the Olympics has history, right? Like going for a medal has a greater significance in the, in the sporting world. Like it might not have the biggest significance in the golf world, but in the sporting world and in the just general world, the general world, like there are a lot of general, like people that aren't sports fans that watch the Olympics, like Olympic medal carries more weight than any major championship in the in the world than any major does so like if you say i won the masters to a random person you know you're probably and i you say i have a gold medal the gold medal carries more significance with random people outside of the golf world and i think there is a weight there's a, a pressure and i think these players realize it when they're playing in the olympics and they all know it because they grew up watching the olympics okay all right. No, I, I would agree. With, I, now, it, now, yeah, it, it is a more universal language. Like a like a green jacket is a pre, has a pretty universal appeal, but not quite like an Olympic medal because the back you know, half of this golf. is that golf has done everything with, with external and internal factors to make playing in the Olympics unappealing. 
I'll say the women, the women's Olympics is very appealing to play. The men, on the other hand, it's very unappealing. They got a WGC, a World Golf Championship, no cut event. We'll talk about that later. Free cash, free FedEx Cup points, free world ranking points the week after the Olympics. They make it difficult. They have the playoffs two weeks later. They make it difficult to go play here. The women, it's a huge deal. They go play it. But then you had Zika virus. You had COVID this year. And through all these awful circumstances for these things, a terrible format, you know, the the Olympics has come out and been very, very compelling television. This is an event that I think is only going to get bigger and bigger in significance as it goes on. I just don't see the format changing, but we'll see. It, it has seems to. Like too, but I, I don't know that it will. I, DJ was already talking to this week about like, oh, I don't know. I'll go. Paris, I would be. It was just this time. You know, I wasn't really the Olympics. I would have been totally isolated. Uh, I think he bailed on 16, though, too. But who knows? Uh, yeah, I think it'll only get further, further momentum. I, I don't know why this trigger. You're talking about how Olympics is history. I was watching the FedEx <laughs> Cup ads today. And I apologize. Speaking Someone said this somewhere already. And it might have been on another golf podcast. It might have been. I thought it was you that had this. You said it wasn't. But like these FedEx Cup ads about how you can't rewrite history. History is forever. Like the tour every day. This is the ad. You cannot rewrite history. And you go down. They rewrite history like every single week. Like all of a sudden this event today doesn't count. FedEx, you know. You know, Abraham Answer, it was a former WGC event FedEx St. Jude Invitational that just doesn't exist anymore. That Like, they've literally changed their playoff format 18 times in like 13 years. They're always rewriting history. The Western Open, you know, which is a favorite thing to shout about here. Like, it's just the opposite of the tour, especially the playoffs. It's constantly being rewritten. Anyways, I, I think someone has already had that take. I apologize if I'm parroting it. Uh, not giving credit, but I just when I saw that ad and, and like that's what they're going with rewrite history on the FedEx Cup. It's constantly being rewritten. All right, should we move on? The PGA Tour. You got any other Olympics cleanup you want to hit? Um, yeah. Just congrats to Nelly Corda. Congrats yeah. to all the medalists. Congrats to you know it was just a wonderful. I I really enjoyed it. I I, I it's I'm bummed that it's gonna be four years till we have another Olympics. Well, that's part of the appeal, the scarcity. It is like, the that's scarcity. What, that, what adds to, hey, this is a big deal. This is a rare occasion. A, did you see? <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. You see the horse that wouldn't jump for like the equestrian yes. woman that had like this insurmountable lead. <laughs> she finished fourth in Rio. It was like the biggest lead ever. Just needs to go out and you know take a couple take a couple hop skips and jumps over these poles, <laughs> and she's relying on this horse. It says, no, not today. I mean, now you got four years of just agony. She's crying on her horse. That's the whole thing. The interminable wait for the next. Maybe the horse will jump next time in Paris. So, all right. Uh, Moving on. Moving on. Should we do, uh, what do you want to do? Bryson? Memphis? Not Bryson. Sorry. Memphis. You want to do WGC Memphis FedEx St. Jude Invitational? You want to talk about Bryson off the top? No. I mean, we don't have to. Abraham Prancer, we should give him his due. I feel like we didn't give Nellie Corda enough run. I mean, her play was her play was not strong relative to earlier in the week. Uh, obviously, it was legendary on on the second round, but she was kind of holding it together there. Uh, both it was not third and not fourth a, round. Not a pretty weekend. But here's the thing. If she, she played finished. like that the first two days and played like the other way, yeah, we'd be lo- like we'd be. And that's sometimes you play your best early in the week, and you you know the key is just play great golf at some point during your week, and you're going to be on the leaderboard. Yeah. So congrats to Nelly, just like absolute breakout. I mean, she year. made She's that part, be... made that part when she needed it. Like she birdied seventeen, part eighteen. Like she got it done. Yep. Absolutely. And it's the thing right. too is like I, I kind of think it's amazing how I mean Harris English today had just like a brutal back nine, but then like he's played such good golf all week and seventeen he has to chip out and he hits 
flags that shot to make a great par of 17, give himself a chance on 18 with a birdie. And, like, again, he had, like, a great approach shot. He just, like, that was about as good of a shot into 18 as we saw outside of, like, the guys playoff. sticking it in the playoff. Yeah. Like, there yeah. nobody was really hitting it close to that. Like, and he just doesn't make the putt. But, like, you know, like, there's something about, like, you get down in that moment, like Harris English had his struggles and we could talk about what happened. Cause I think it, there were a lot of out external factors that led to Harris's struggles. But you know, when it came to winning time, he hit the shots. He just didn't make that last putt. Um, and yeah. with Nelly Corda, like she had struggles in that round, but when it came down to what she needed to win the tournament, she got, she executed, you know? Yeah, absolutely. We should, I, I do think the final pairing probably over i don't i was i gotta be honest with you i watched a ton of golf this weekend me too more than i probably ever have for the memphis week even you know obviously the week before the us open i didn't watch it much then uh but certainly since it's become this wgc i was kind of oddly excited anticipating it i don't know why Uh, between the women's amateur and this i watched a ton of golf after the olympics um it was and ex- I, I came into the day with anticipation, and it felt fulfilled in a maybe not the way I anticipated or expected. It was just an odd, odd, strange day. It felt like the final group is story one, but we should hat tip Abraham Prancer. Um, gets it done in a playoff over Sam Burns, Honest Abe Prancer, Sam Burns and Hideki. Uh, Hideki and Burns both went crazy. Hideki with a 63, started the day nine back to get the playoff. Sam Burns shot 64. Answer just kind of coasted at the 68 and then gets it done, stuffs it at the in the playoff, on the second playoff hole. Although Burns puts it inside of him and then Horseshoes won uh, just a putt that's, you know, six, eight inches closer. Uh, congrats to Abraham Answer. Like, this felt like kind of inevitable. Long time coming. Not a long time coming, but inevitable. He's He's been beaten. He's, 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 Posted some serious final rounds, whether it's Heritage or uh, Palm Springs. You know, those are always going to be birdie fest where you can get chased down. Uh, but when you're second at Wells Fargo. Yep. When a WGC feels almost, you know, appropriate given how consistent he's been on some of the biggest uh, stages or, or, you know, uh, on the biggest. The telecast ever, did so. fail, fail at all costs to mention that he had won the Australian Open. That's right. <laughs> See, I mean, what do you expect there? Come on. Like, that's like asking, I don't know, asking us to perform advanced calculus. It's just not happening The uh, live on this podcast. The PGA Tour CBS broadcast is not going to mention that he won the Australian Open. They'll tell you the, they're returning to the home of golf next year for the 150th <laughs> Open after Grant Forrest's big win. Uh, but they won't talk about the Australian Open. That was never going to happen. Uh, I mean, he, and here's the thing: he came into the week 23rd in the, in the official World Golf Rankings, which I think would shock a lot of people that don't like religiously follow the OWGR like uh, like I do. Maybe you know, yeah. <laughs> looks at it almost on a daily basis. But like, he came in 23rd. This is like. You know, he's been knocking on the door for a long time. He's one of the most it's seemingly like steady players out on tour. He does everything well. He, he doesn't hit it that far, um, but he's just super consistent, obviously very accurate, and, and he does every, you know, plays all aspects of the game. I think, you know, it's a long time coming. He's had four runner ups on PGA Tour, I think, in the last three years. So this, uh, He's he's a world class player. Like I think he's, I mean I think he's a top. You know the rankings say he's a top twenty player, and I'd like you know if I was drafting out players, like he'd be a guy. He seems to play well at every type of setup too, which is an amazing thing. Like he's played pretty well at majors. You know, he was in yeah. that Masters a couple years ago or in the Fall Masters. Please don't quote me on this, but he's like. I mean, the strength of his game is his iron play, right? Approach yeah. play? I yeah. I mean, that, like we always say, that carries, whether it's majors or, you know, a WGC, dart, dartboard, TPC Southland. Um, anyways, he's, you know, top 25, but he's sixth in the FedEx Cup. He 
He's in that Comcast business tour top ten, the FedEx Cup standings. He's he's I'm I've kind of well. bummed. I uh I, I I did a pod at the beginning of the year with Smartin, and I think I I think I predicted that Sam Burns would win twice. Um He's been cl- it's odd that he's only won once. It feels almost He's great. Wrong. He's, he's such a good player and he does not get the 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 love that you know the Havlins, um, yeah. You know sure. Morikawa. Morikawa, for good reason, gets a lot more love than he does. But Matthew Wolf, um, yep. You know, yep. Sam Burns is is uber talented. Like I, I kind of think the sky's the limit for him um, in terms of the next next five years. He could, he could be a top fifteen, top ten player. How about two of the three guys in the playoff coming from the doing the little Tokyo to Memphis puddle jumper? You know, pretty week amazing. after the Olympics, that's pretty good. Abraham answer, and obviously Hideki's sixty-three. They need. I thought help, Hideki. Though. I thought Hideki ended it the first playoff, the first playoff hole. I uh, know. I felt bad for him. He had like three. I think in regulation, he was close. And then you know, the one he knows he's got to make the one on the last hole because he's got two guys within whatever seven, eight feet, and that one goes just on the low side. So felt bad for Hideki, but. They, the point that is that they all needed a little bit of help, right? They, they, they got a lot of help. Let's just put it that way. What was presumably a two-horse race as Thick Boy and Harris English, Summer of Harris, make the turn. I think Harris English was 20 under. You, I think would you, Thick Boy was 18 under. That, would you say that Thick Boy helped those three? What does that mean? Yeah. Because of his Wait. pace of play? You oh. think he was the main reason that submarine those... the whole thing? I, I come on, I. Thick uh, boy's taking a lot of arrows to this week, and, and rightfully so. But I don't know that I like. We're gonna out and out as if he was swinging the club for Harris English, and you know, hitting that the block out in the middle of the pond and things like that. But, but you know, English turns a twenty under. Thick boy turns an eighteen under. This is like a two horse race. We think. You know, obviously, Cam Smith was in the mix too, and then he Camp took a Smith. dive. I mean, should we talk? Can about we talk that? about the 18th hole? He would have been in the playoff. What was I he mean, doing? Not, he not, presuming he punches out, and makes par. I don't know. What I love is that he looked up in the sky behind him, as like this goes off some house, or or maybe it's an office building, Inatech World headquarters. I don't know. Um, but I mean, that was the difference. And then he just he kind of pumps one out, you know, chips one out. Next next go around, God. Well, this is what I don't understand. You got you're like the best short game player in the freaking world. Just hit it out there and make My your job. par. Like this, the way you make your money is getting up and down out from everywhere. Just don't. I, did he not know 16 was good enough? 16 under was good enough? Did he not know what was good? I mean, at that point, English maybe had even fallen one behind probably. But, and, and you know, Bryson was long gone. I, that, was, that was kind of, I, I don't know. I wouldn't say it's inexcusable. Maybe he thought he, but what's he going to do with that shot? What's he going to do if he executes that? Is he making birdie? Is he putting it to no. five feet? <laughs> Like, you know what I'm saying? That's the thing. Like, best case scenario, you've got to get down in two from, like, 60 feet. The front right of the green. Front yeah. portion of the green. It's like yeah. you're 80 Back feet left. away and you have to get down in two. Like, And you're yeah. taking on all the risk in the world. And that was it. Boom. Out of, out of here. But here's all the right. thing. Here's the thing, Brandon. We didn't get here about it. I mean, pressure will make you do some weird things, Brandon. Faldo, Faldo said it once or twice. My ears perked up. He said the word pressure. Pressure. Uh, yeah. And then my ears perked up. I'm like, oh, you'd be having a field day if you, if we had Azinger on that final group. So they get a lot of help from behind them. Uh, Eric English comes in in 40. Thick Boy comes in in 41. It's just a mess. Shea, of all... Shea's a Tory for Thick Boy. Which... Give them credit. Nance was all over early on. Like I'm the telling last time you, CBS, CBS is the better of the two golf broadcasts at this point. Uh, 
Okay. Just, I, I I, that's a hill that I think I've been dying on for 14 months, and I'm going to continue dying on it. Fa- uh, they, I don't know if I should say this. Faldo was... Faldo had some interesting comments about the St. Jude's patient. He just was out over his skis a couple times. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Bry- Bryson was a mess. Harris English said, you know, they got put on the clock. So Bryson gets this just at misadventure at, was it five, where he hits it under the boundary fence, except it's like a netting. Gets this absurd ruling, but it is like the I don't know. It's the right ruling. It wasn't like he he pulled one over on him. Did you I like swear ten, to God, you like ten cack, uh, Ken Tackett. Ten These guys cack, are so good. I was trying to say ten, <laughs> ten That might be his new name, Ten Cackett. His uh, his explanation of the of Bryson being able to he's yes. so good he could advance that. A, a yes. long, long way swinging through the netted <laughs> fence. They're so good how about, how that we have to give them a drop to a fresh lie on the other side of the cart path. How Go. about them putting up the bumpers? What that net? Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's not like a chain link. It's like a, a net. That ball would have been g- out of bounds without that thing. I swear to God, it. It was out of bounds. Even, but I mean, I'm not well, there. I was maybe seeing things I want to see. But I, they did the straight thing. I was like, the whole ball's got to be on it, right? Well, I, had thought, is, I thought it looked... Bacon tweeted about this. As I get older, I understand the rules less and less. And then we talked on the phone. We both, like, when did this rule change? It. I've always, The rule's always been if any part of your ball is out of bounds... Yeah. It's out of bounds. Did this change in the latest revision? Like, that's know. more confusing. If the entire ball is out of bounds, it's way easier to tell if any part. Every other sport, if any part of the ball is on the line, it's out. It was just... It felt like... It, it wasn't as bad as Slugger saying that slow play was taking money off the food off the table. But, like, saying these guys are so good... That they would have hit it through the the fence, the mesh netting. He might have whiffed have done it. this, so that would have been his. Yeah, maybe. I, I mean, I don't know. You're just creating these hypothetical universes where we end up with a drop. Here's the know, other 15 thing: 15 feet away, because now the cart path was the obstruction. You get free relief from the cart path because he could have played. He's so good, he could have played this shot. So he gets he gets this mad, like perfect lie. He places it, and then, uh, and then you know, there's a little bit of karmic right justice. Yeah, yeah, it's one right. The old, the old Rashid Wallace balled out lie. <laughs> that was. I mean, hey, I I don't fault. I'm, I'm not mad at Bryson for that. It was just it's, that's the way the rules set it up for him. Uh, you know, but the tour's putting up does. bumpers. They're putting up bumpers on the lanes. So what do you think's there normally? Just two white sticks? Yeah, from, just white sticks. One... Balls out of bounds. They had a net that stopped it. <laughs> well, they can't be balls having trun- Yahoo's running out of in attack with their staplers. They can't be having people running onto the fairway. They gotta maybe, have some natural. Maybe set the set the the fence behind the line. The fence was inside That's the true. line. Well, then you're going on to private property, and there, there's like a well, stand your ground law in Memphis, and you got, you know, Lumberg. <laughs> He's out there with, you know, then I don't move, know. You got to be move careful. Move the stakes in. <laughs> you can't have a fence stopping balls from going out of bounds that you put up. Right? That's Am true. I right? Yeah. Yeah. It is bumpers. They are bumpers. They are. Imagine, imagine if the the MLB put up little fences along the foul lines inside of them, so <laughs> grounders bounce off the fence and stay in in play. That'd be absurd. We can we all agree that would be absurd. That's what the tour did. They put up a fence. It's okay. Well, the out of bounds line is here. Move the out of bounds line a foot in and put the fence outside the the foot outside the out of bounds line. It's not that difficult. Make the cart path out of bounds. Like at the edge of the cart path, put the out of bounds stakes there. You can move those. You cannot have a fence 
that stops balls from going out of bounds. That you installed. This is all a circuitous way of saying that they took a while on this hole with rulings, legislation, string incidents, string cheese incidents, and all sorts of things. And they were put on the clock. And uh, this is not a place that Harris English was comfortable operating. They were warned, I think, on the coming off the next tee, if not the next, maybe the seventh tee. Well, Bryson uh, had issues twice. on the next hole. And Faldo right. was great. He called it. He, it was see. This is where Faldo so much. He's like he hit the last All one right. right. He's pro- he right. might pull this one, and he sure enough he did the same thing. He did exactly what he said. What that he didn't when he's doing the twig that we pulling up the twig. Oh, no, oh, he just said it off oh, the tee. He's like yeah, a, yeah. he's like a, when you block one, you're yeah, you usually think yeah. it like and it's a, as little as that. It, it was good analysis from somebody that played a you know this is. What I'd be thinking about. Uh, so they, yeah, Bryson's doing the twig surgery around his ball. Like, I don't know. You can't have it. This stuff just finds him. I, 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 he's not Rory. He's not Tiger. He's won a major. He's won a lot of amateur stuff. Like the he's won a lot of stuff, PGA Tour events. He's won and won a major. Uh, like, but the commence, the amount of like air is not commensurate with what he's accomplished. But like, it is always an adventure. It was every hole, and this is like all week. And, and now he's picking up the twigs, and everybody's like a hawk on him. Like, there's no way this isn't moving. There's no way, and he gets it out, and whatever. Um, so they're slow. And Harris English says like, that's just not a place I'm used to do it. Like, I felt like I was running. Basically, T to green, green to T, uh, just running constantly, and I couldn't slow down when it was time to play. Um, he very clearly, I don't know if he blamed it, but, but he wasn't saying, like, this is why I lost, but he said it was certainly why I played poorly coming in. Like, it just he just wasn't comfortable with it at all. We had... You know, take it for what it's worth. We had some on-the-ground intel first couple days saying the Bryson group that was, uh, I think it was first day of playing in front of Brooks, was incredibly slow. Waiting on, every, Bryson, Brooks group waiting on every tee, or almost every tee. That Bryson group was really slow. I think he played with DJ and somebody else. So, I mean, Bryson does run. If you're not used to it, he, he freaking runs in between shots. And they're on the clock, and I guess... That that really screwed with Harris English. Do you have any sympathy for him? Do you think like this single-handedly lost him the tournament? He was not good coming in. He hit repeatedly. Well, I mean, they hit. were like two and three holes behind the group ahead of him, which is insane. Right. Like right. you're at the back of the bus at a golf tournament. If one group plays slow ahead of you, like you're you're gonna catch up. But they were so slow. I don't. See, this is the thing. I don't think, like, everybody's playing for the same amount of money out there. It does not give you the license to be slow. Obviously, you have different situations that it, it lead to slow play. But at the same time, it was it was bad, bad levels. Especially when, like, you're the leading the tournament. Like, obviously, Bryson got himself in some situations. But, like, for English was a stripe show for the front nine. There's no reason they should have been, you know, where they are. Right. He was so good. I mean, I thought maybe on the first hole, like, you know, when they, Bryce immediately ties it. But he kept, like, he kept him at arm's length the entire front nine. It wasn't just stripe show. He was, like, pour in putts, even when he was, like, outside of Bryson. It had to be a little deflating as Bryson was doing all his calculations. Uh, very, very different personalities and styles, obviously. I felt bad for him. As he, was, he, he was so bad. He was so, so bad. Uh, on the two part threes, obviously hit it in the water. Like he's like hard hooking tee shots. He's, he's Bryson like yelled four part. though. He did yell four. Um, big, that's that should be celebrated. <laughs> big step. Yeah. Look, what was Dick Bland Molinari? One of the Molinaris. I think the uh, Dodo. And uh, Jackie Robinson, Beauregard over the top of him, tweeting, like, angrily. You know, the Strategic Alliance doesn't cover some of these diplomatic interpersonal clashes. Um, They were really pissed off about Bryson not shining for earlier in the week. Look, 
Um, I don't want to make an excuse for Bryson, but he's on camera every shot. I think he's trying. I think he's trying to get better. I think it's probably not in his nature or not a habit, and he's trying to make it a habit. It should have been a habit. We've popped him plenty of times. Uh, I kind of feel a little bit bad for him that like every anytime he does forget, he's going to get called out for it because he's on camera a lot more than other people. But like, yeah, he he was full of shit at the open. Like he just never yells for it's 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 inexcusable. But now it's like I do think he's trying and he's not going to remember every time, but he's getting crushed for it every time he, he does forget. Um, the caddy's just got to be on it. Caddy's got to be on it, you know. For, for you know, trigger the 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 shout. So, um, I'll tell you what. I put, uh, um, Jeff Ogilvy told this story because we talked. I think it was after JB Holmes incident a couple years ago at Riv. We talked about slow play, and he talked told the story about how he went and played in Japan, and it was like the fastest pace of play ever there. And he's like, the reason is because it's all peer shaming, like. It's like pe- the slow players are shamed by their peers, and that's what gets them all to play fast. And it's interesting that Bryson yells for after his peers shamed him, not after anybody else called Bryce. him out. But it was it yeah. was it was his peers shaming him that may have invoked some change. Yeah, yeah. I just love how indignant he was to Huggins' question at the open. It's like, oh, this is a very controversial issue that you're bringing up. Yeah, I do yell for. And here he is. It took a couple tweets from from some some peers. Uh, let's just like knock out Bryson was just a a laundry list of items beyond Sunday. Um, I enjoyed how when he made the triple, that was you know. 15, 20 yards over the target. He said he hit a perfect shot. Like there, it was interesting to watch. Man, the wind was up a little bit. It was swirling. Like it wasn't a terrible watch. The, the it si- seemed a little tough, tough to gauge the wind behind the farm old farm silos that are silo. out there in between the office buildings and the farm silos. Maybe I've never watched this event close enough or cared enough about this. To certainly cl- tune in by the ninth tee. Well, I've never seen that before. I, that, that was a new one to me. I've never seen the silo of shooting up in the middle of the course. Um, but yeah, yeah, he, he's hitting perfect. That's the problem when the wind gets going. You know, his perfect shots, he I'll considers it a- unlucky. It's unlucky break that he made a triple. Um, but it's, all of a sudden it's not uh, not range golf. It's not uh, yeah. not pure mathematics. Question becomes uh, becomes a little bit of an essay. Right. Refused to talk to the press all four days, all week. Talked to well, he talked to him on whatever it was <laughs> Tuesday, Tuesday and, and gave his you know medical history and all that stuff. But um, yeah, I think that's pretty damning. That he doesn't talk to the writers or the well, he talks media to, press. He talks to one one outlet. I was gonna ask well, if he started working over there. Um, what? When you were when you're when you're apologizing for him. What outlet? The the oh. his exclusive content partner. Oh, that's true. That's true. Um I mean I'm sure we'll look, get a, we'll get some PR spoof piece from them this week. It's a bad look for Bryson. But I think it's pretty damning for the tour that they can't make him or not make him. But like, what are you like? The NBA is going to be like Kevin Durant. You need to freaking talk. And the, you, for every day you don't him. talk, yeah. If every day you don't talk, you're getting fined. I think um, you. That somebody was. God, I can't remember who it was. Some some player was was refusing to do press conferences a few years ago, and I I want to say that they were close to suspending them. Now, uh, yeah, that happened. Now there's like a whole another mental health issue, yeah. mental health aspect going on right now, and, and like understand, but that's not the instance with Bryson, right? That's not what we're talking about here. He's just worried about getting asked, which you know. So it's damning on the tour. I think it's kind of damning for the media partners that did get access, right? I mean, what does that say about what's happening there? Emphasis on more on partner than media, um, like. Maybe he goes there not knowing, like, hey, we saw a report from Eamon Lynch that uh, Steve Stricker is asking his players to get vaccinated. Has he asked you to be vaccinated? What was your response to that? What will you do? Like, right? Because he, he, that's probably what he was going to get from one of the writers, and he just 
blew them off all four days. I kind of understand it Sunday after shooting a 41. Shane Ryan said he had, who was on the ground, said he like walked off the 18th and like was just cursing up a storm to his agent and caddy. And, and I understand him not kind of not talking on Sunday, kind of. Tiger would have done it, of course. But just, I don't know, doesn't look great for the tour or for the media partners, in my opinion, that he does that, but no writers. Um, and then Brooksy taunts, I guess, were hot and heavy. There was one on TV, and he responded. He goes, good one, to a, a, a female fan that was shouting Brooksy at him. Um, that's continuing, unabated, pretty intensely. I don't know. I, I don't have any. That's that's not changed, in my opinion. You know, that, that will continue. Uh, it's just going to keep going. 41? I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's, uh, you wonder, him. I'll tell you what, back nine collapses in contention are not good for your, for your soul. And it, it, you know, like he's kind of been a guy that's just gotten it done every time. Like he went, he's was a guy that kind of got it done. Like every time you saw him on a leaderboard, you felt like he was going to win like late on a Sunday. Yeah. I feel like yeah. after Bay Hill, especially that's how you felt about Bryson. It's like, Oh, if he's there, he's probably going to be the guy. And and the difference between that and what he's done the last two times he's been in the mix is a little bit alarming. Cause it's not in after the U.S. Open, he tried to just shake it off as all just a. Hey, it was just a fluke, you know, bad bad breaks. Yeah, but forty one about it. Thirty six yeah. and forty one are worlds apart for somebody like Bryson, and it's one thing sputtering on the back nine and shooting even par one over two over. It's another thing melting down as he's done now the last two times he's been in contention. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that keeps creeping in, we don't need to do a whole Bryson. It's just his wedge touch seems like when it does go really bad, it's the wedging it, right? You know, even on that par three, then then from the drop zone, he's bad. I don't know. So we don't need to do a Bryson dissection. But it, it was sort of the story of the day. He and Harris, I got to be honest with you. I felt like watching that. I kind of like Harris like, English now. I like him a lot too, but I was like, oh, this is Ryder Cup season, what we're watching right here. And then throwing a little Sam Burns horseshoe just to add a little extra flavor. Feels like, you know, hey, maybe this is, this is, it gives me zero confidence for the Ryder Cup with Bryson. I don't know how that's going to go. He's just, he's sort of awkward generally in a team dynamic. I I can't imagine it's going to go well. But, anyways, anything else from uh, Memphis that you, how about I just, Rory I, T12? I watched more of it than ever. Rory the most T12. insignificant T12 of all time. Why are we talking about Rory? Speed did the same thing. Opened, I think he was three over for his th- through his first three holes on Thursday. Finishes T12. Big uh, Shot Bob. Casey, How about Big Shot Bob, T15? Where'd he finish? Good, shot, good for Big Shot Bob. Who came in last? I assume Siwoo after his 13 uh, on the par three. Yeah. Yeah. Um that was the cat. All right. That's it for Memphis. Honestly, like we popped that event a lot, but I, I really enjoyed watching this weekend for some reason. I, I don't Well, can't... good for good thing. Good news for you. Is this a playoff event next year? They're rewriting history. <laughs> you can't rewrite history. Uh, well, maybe you can. All right. Uh let's move on to the women's amateur. Jensen Castle is your women's amateur uh uh champion. You look confused. Do you think I was going to Barracuda? No, oh, that's a, Jensen Cat, Giant Killer Jensen, Jocular Jensen, uh, out of Kentucky. Had like she was a the sixty-three seed going into match play. Yes, what got, got on the twelve for two playoff on Tuesday night? Had a bad rib. Didn't even think she was. Didn't know if she would play. Apparently, she had like only one change of clothes. Hadn't played like anything in since her USAM qualifier. Uh, like went to North South. Yeah, that's like a month ago, <laughs> right? Went to North South, played a couple rounds, backed out of it. Like she's been hurt. I, uh, uh, but yeah, she was a sixty-three seed. She beats Vivian Howe from Arizona, uh, who was like a fifty-three seed, I believe. Also injured, had like a labrum issue. But hey, they got through one of the longer weeks in amateur golf. One thing I thought was amusing: 
Castle used the same ball for five rounds. What? That's kind of amazing. Yeah. I don't know when it, what five rounds, but I, I assume stroke play into some of the matches. I, you I know, don't know. You know who, what? She, she might be uh, a member of the Frugalites. Well, she it sounds like she had no plans on doing anything this week. She was she only had a hotel room for three nights and was sleeping on an air mattress the last few, like a friend's air mattress or something. She makes the Curtis Cup team in Wales. She goes, I have no idea where that is, but I'm excited to join the team. So sort of an underdog story out of Kentucky. Um, Her match against I, Rachel Heck was incredible. Yeah, I went to 19 holes, Rachel Heck. So. Well, just uh, birdie you had to make birdie to win holes in that match i think they the the 18th was the only hole that was won with a par in that match maybe there might have been one other but uh that was that was a great match incredible back yeah. and forth um rachel heck was two up with uh with with four to play obviously the heavy favorite three to play and uh and jensen came back and uh, one thing that just stuck out to me as I literally had these side-by-side side for much of the weekend, two screens, Memphis and Westchester, was just, you know, you've written about it extensively, eloquently. Um, just like low trajectory shots coming How into greens. How much more exciting there to watch? Uh, longer irons that, like, the ball is on the ground a lot more. And, hey, there's the ball swooping around this cool Westchester green. And, oh, wait, there's that ball. It's not going to quite climb up the hill, and it's coming back. Like, you just saw a lot of those seconds as I literally had the screen side by side, um, TPC Southland and Westchester Country Club. It was it was cool to see. It, it was just uh, it was cool to see that. Low trajectory shots and the ball kind of swooping to, fro, short, you know, uh, around and up. Uh, on the ground, as we have talked about a lot here. So, Head and run good versus home amateur. run derby. Yeah, good women's amateur. All right, moving on to the Barracuda. Eric Van Royen, the Minnesotan turned jupe life connoisseur, uh, gets his first win. You know, some would say his first ever win, but it's his first PGA Tour win. Uh, he's won on the Challenge Tour, the Straight Sunshine Tour, Straight out of Tour, anger European management Tour. classes to the... To, to PGA Tour title. Breaking the uh, tee box at 17 at Kiowa. Who was it? Gareth Lord? Was that it? Who, who wouldn't shake his hand? I think. Yeah. Lord, who was Lord caddying for that week? But yeah. Wouldn't shake his hand on 18. Um, joggers. Minnesota. Hey, hey, you have any reaction? Makes a birdie to win it. Got a lucky break on 18. Big guitar Reno. player. He took down, he took down Barracuda... Assassin Legend. Andrew Putnam. Yeah. Kai is like <laughs> lives for the Cuda. We had a friend of the program t- text say like they keep doing these Comcast Business Tour top ten updates and like at the Barracuda and none of these guys are like nobody in the field is sniffing that top ten and they're doing the FedEx Cup that raps like Eric Van Royen jumps. Vero gets 350 FedEx Cup points, and here are your FedEx Cup standings. Like, he's nowhere to be found. It, it just doesn't, it's just an odd thing to do for some of those opposite field events. But Most of the guys, congrats. like, a good chunk of the guys in the field aren't even, don't even have FedEx Cup point standings because they aren't full time members. KFT guys, right? A lot of KFT guys. Which, All know. right. So, scrolling through, coming into the week, the highest. And the FedEx Cup, guess the number. Um, 65. Uh, 43. Emiliano okay. Grillo. Okay. Okay. The next, I think there's a 49. Most of them are in the hundreds. Why was Gary Woodland playing this? I, I don't know. On the hot TV once, and I assumed it was Memphis, and then I looked up and it was Has Reno. he fallen that far? Like he's been hurt. He's had some real like hip issues. I know, but yeah, um, he plays. He's. I mean, he's kind of on the on the border of his card, but obviously, he's got an exemption for a while yeah. with the U.S. Open yeah. win. Yeah. He finished T eleven at three M. Maybe he's just trying to play some good golf. Yeah, keep it. Keep it. The other thing is it. like there'd be way worse places to go than Truckee, California, for a week. Yeah. 
That's a good like, thing. That's true. That's like anything else on the Barracuda, the opposite field events have wrapped up. Stableford, our I got, dabble I got nothing. I got really. It's like an example of a tournament that could just go away. Well, it's going to be a co-sanctioned European tour event next next year. So maybe that'll inject some life as Neil Lancaster gets booted out. Um, all right. Elsewhere, the Hero Open at the home of golf. At St. Andrews. Grant Forrest. He, he had Toby Tree nipping at his heels for much of the weekend. But in terms of low woodsman, it's Grant Forrest comes out on top. Looks to be Scottish. Beat Jim Morrison. F- Couldn't quite break on through. <laughs> to the other side. Is that the right band, Jim Morrison? I hope yeah. I have that right. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I'm freaking turning into Chris Berman. Holy shit. Um, all right, yeah. Grant Forrest is your winner at St. Andrews. Uh, what a momentous occasion. Gets 24 under. Our guy Barry Hansen fell off a little bit. Finished, I think, T10. Something like that. So, uh, anything else on the Hero Open? No, just it's just the pinnacle of my my weekend was was hearing uh, Amanda Balianos and Jim Nance talk about the win at St Andrews and <laughs> the U- or the Open Championship going to St Andrews. It just it was unbelievable. I like jumped off the couch. Fall, and it was twice. It happened twice. It was Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Who wouldn't love to get their first win? That's such a special place. Yeah. Um. All right, and then last but not least, at the Corn Ferry Corn Ferry Tour Utah Championship, presented by Zion's Bank, Joshua Creel is your winner. Beats Hayden Buckley and Taylor Montgomery and Peter Uline. All by two shots. That is always a birdie fest out there. And Joshua Creel comes in at 24 under. Looks like he is going from 64th to 32nd in the points Isn't race. Isn't that nuts? So could sneak in a little bit. I mean, that's just the super season, right? You can't jump automatically with a win. So he's got one more event. Then he gets hot again. Sneaks into the regular season top 25 there. So... I feel like Taylor Montgomery's been all over these leaderboards. He's only 24th. Uline's 25th. I think he stopped taking exemptions. I thought I heard that correctly. Yeah. He stopped playing on the tour to go down and try to make sure he could get maybe just obviously regular season top 25. So he's at 25th right now, Peter Uline. All right. You got anything else? No, it should be exciting week next week on Corn Ferry Tour. Yeah, with it last week the last week team. kind of a, one of the their weeks to shine. So, all right, disappointing so, weekend for the the meth man. Oh, did he? The cook go wrong? T- get contaminated? T- <laughs> maybe maybe the stash got got lifted. The stash oh. house got hit. Omar got him. Shit. Oh well. All right. If you're if you're not into meth, you could subscribe to Bixby Coffee. I think that'd be a suitable, more legal, helpful alternative at BixbyCoffee.com. Pursuit. There's a shotgun start blend. There's a Westy Island blend. That's a lighter roast. It's legal. It's not illegal. Um, I've been I've and, been pumping cold brew. I've got my cold brew, uh, just humming. I've got, I've I'm up to two mason jars. Well, you I got two mason going? jars, so the second that I'm, I I finish brewing one, the new batch gets gets going, just unbelievable. So then, just rotating, you know. The nice thing is that I could just drink as much of it as I want, and I have no, I know I'm never running out, and that's because my coffee gets delivered to me, and I know that I'm gonna have it. Know when it's coming. Please subscribe to Bixby Coffee, uh, the Shotgun Start Blend, or the Westy Island Blend at BixbyCoffee.com. It supports the podcast, and we appreciate that. All right. We'll be back Wednesday with another full slate of uh, world golf across the globe. U.S. Amateur hitting Oakmont starting Monday. 
So that'll be exciting as well. All right. We'll talk to you guys then. Thank <music> you.